Are you wondering how you can learn more about food? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Chakula Podcast, brought to you by the Root to Food Initiative, a show that celebrates authentic Kenyan dishes and serves you hot conversations about food in Kenya from an economic, social, and political lens. Semanasi kwenye social media at Root to Food on Instagram, at Root to Food on Twitter, and Root to Food on Facebook. And now, here's your host, Felistas Mwalia. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chakula Podcast. Today, we'll be having a very interesting conversation on soil and food security. I'm joined in studio by Dr. David, who's a soil biologist, and he works closely with farmers on training them on how to regenerate their soils. Karibu sana, Dr. Thank you. It's nice to finally meet you after all those emails. Thank you. Karibu sana. I think to start us off, we've been seeing the number of hungry people in the country really growing, and I know soil is a very important aspect when you talk about food security. Perhaps you can just start by sharing with us the status of soil here in the country. Uh, first, to start is we must understand what soil is mm-hmm. and what soil does. Soil is a home to millions of organisms. These organisms play very great role in the cycles of carbon, mm-hmm. nitrogen, and phosphorus. And these are the most important elements that the plants use for it to be able to, to increase the yields. Again, soil play a very vital role in cleaning the water. When it rains, uh, you find that uh, a lot of soil is washed away. Mm-hmm. So if soil is uh, properly maintained, then you find the water that passes through soil is clean. Then the water also gets into the uh, ground uh, reserves, clean water, because the soil does the cleaning. The other thing is healthy soil contain very high number of uh, biodiversity. Now, when mm-hmm. we talk about biodiversity, we are not uh, coming down only to anything below ground. There is above ground, which means plants, all types of trees, shrubs, grasses. And then there are those animals which are on top of the soil. We have the rodents and the others, and even us. And as we go down, now we get into the smaller soil animals. Mm-hmm. as well as the microorganisms. So, in a nutshell, soil is a very important, vital resource and it has to be maintained. Now, the major soil types that we have in Kenya, we have names that we use in science, mm-hmm. but I don't want to dwell it on the, those scientific yeah. names, but I want to mention about three uh, most important. Uh, there are what we call the ferrosols, there are what we call the vertisols, and there are what we call the nitisols. Now, uh, the ferrosols, you will find some red soils, and these red soils are very good for agriculture. At the same time, they are more of acidic in nature. Mm-hmm. Then we have got what we call the vertisols, and the vertisols, these have really been a nuisance to many people. Mm-hmm. Those who are building, when they get into that soil, it's really disturbing because when it rains, it expands. When it dries, it cracks. So if you are planting on those soils, you get a problem during rains and during drought. Yeah. And then we have got nitisols. Nitisols are also are very good soils. Uh, they actually are in various parts, especially like the tea growing zones. Mm-hmm. You get around in Kiambu, you get in Moranga, you get in Nyeri, even in Embu. That is, uh, the soil is very rich. Soil fertility in Kenya is declining. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the de- declining of soil fertility in Kenya, there is also a decline in crop yields. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that is where the problem is when you go to your farm, you plant, you find that the crop yields are going down. And the reason is there is a depletion of nutrients in the soil. So with that, 
knowing that the Kenyan soil is declining in um, fertility, what really causes the decline in fertility? So we have to attribute this to certain things. And uh, one is that uh, many areas we have got acidic soils. And the, the reason why we have a lot of acidic soil is because um, People use a certain fertilizer continuous, year in, year out, year in, year out. And then they don't change to put organic manures mm -hmm. or organic or crop residues. So what happens with uh, these fertilizers, they, be, they make the soil acidic. Now, when the soil becomes acidic, certain elements will not be found. For instance, uh, an element called phosphorus, which is very important. Yes, mm -hmm. you have it in that fertilizer, but immediately it reaches into the soil. Mm -hmm. It goes into a process, what we call fixed. It is not a Available. You add more of that fertilizer, it yeah. is fixed, it is not available. So that is one thing which is attributed to a decline in soil fertility, soil yeah. pH. Yeah, Dr. Ri, now that you've seen, we are, we are getting to see a depletion on our soils. How can we reverse this? What's the solution? Reversing, we are going to do what we call soil conservation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, soil conservation, um, I, I would have to go in deep about soil conservation. Mm -hmm. We have to conserve the soil. One, we have to put organic matter into the soil. Mm -hmm. In places where we have very, uh, very acidic soil, we are now forced to use a certain chemical called uh -huh. lime. Lime is just normal. It is mined from the soil and it is applied. Uh -huh. So okay. it is, it is, it is more. It's a basic, or it's an, it, it is a basic uh, element in the soil. It is rich. It could be. A calcium carbonate which is applied so when you apply calcium carbonate there is going to be a reaction with the acid so that it forms salt and water and then it reduces the acidity in the soil now for us to do uh, to conserve the soil again there are so various things mm -hmm. and that is why I just wanted to uh, to highlight what makes the soil to decline then I ah, can okay. go into yeah. that one other thing that makes the soil to decline in Kenya is uh, what we call the, the land degradation mm -hmm. land degradation can be broken down into various we have got physical we have got um, chemical mm -hmm. so soil acidity is a chemical and it causes land degradation the other one is uh, soil erosion because people don't take care of the soil so the soil is left bare and when the so soil is mm -hmm. left bare uh, the solar radiation is going to break the bones that is holding the soil yeah secondly if when the soil is bare and it is not protected so the organisms which also help in building the soil move away mm. now the soil remain it can it cracks and then when it rains that soil is carried away by water Two, in areas like if we look at the northern parts of Kenya, mm -hmm. which is the vast plains, uh, the savanna regions, when it is dry, all the grass go and the soil is bare. Now then there is a lot of strong winds in those areas. So the wind will come and carry away the topsoil. The topsoil is just about five, in some places it's only about five centimeters, which is very rich. And the moment you have very strong winds and then the rains, you mm -hmm. carry away that and then you find that the soil is no longer productive. Yeah. It is it has no nutrients. So when you plant you get you you get hardly get Ooh. anything. Yeah. And you see like uh, somebody planting in that kind of a soil instead of getting uh, say 40 bags of maize if yeah. it was maize, you are only getting two or three. And it is okay. very common to get two or three bags in an acre. Oh. Yeah. And that that is a serious case. So the other thing that um, makes the soil to decline 
line is the loss of soil cover. Now, mm -hmm. that makes soil cover. The grass is gone and it could be because of overgrazing. It could be because of plowing and uh, you don't cover during the, the dry season. Yeah. The other thing is the loss of soil organisms. We call it loss of soil uh, biota. Or let me call it uh, biodiversity. Biota yes. is the organisms in the soil. Mm -hmm. Now, these organisms are very vital. Uh, they are very important. Actually, uh, like uh, there are two major which uh, which all of us know, the termites yeah. and then the earthworms. I actually thought termites are, are bad. No, they are, they are very good. Actually, the reason why we have the soil is because of those organisms. They are called ecosystem engineers. So okay. when you have an engineer on this side, mm -hmm. they, we also have an engineer under the ground. Okay. They bind the soil. Some mm -hmm. of them feed on the soil and then the salivary content mm -hmm. and whatever is in their gut is mixed with the soil and then immediately it is uh, released it cannot be carried by the water. When those organisms are not there, then there is a problem. The right. other, yeah. And that translates to food insecurity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The other problem we have is deforestation. Deforestation is so much in Kenya. Yeah. You know that uh, we have about 10% now of the forest cover. Because we need food, people would go to the forest, they get a bit of the forest, they plow, they do everything. So mm. we are removing, converting most of our forest for agricultural use. But remember, forests are very important. For us to get rain, we need the forest. Mm -hmm. Because forests play a, a, a vital role. When it rains, it holds the water. Mm -hmm. So it will only be dropping. And their roots, as since it go, it is down, it provides pathways for water to go to the grain reserves. Mm -hmm. The same tree will get water from the grain reserve, I mean the, the, the water reserves, and take it up through evapotranspiration. So that one will finally change into rain. Yeah. Now, when we remove the tree, remember we have removed so many things. Yeah. You remove the tree, there will be what we call the surface runoff, mm -hmm. which is which leads to erosion. You find there are flash floods, there are floods yeah. all over mm -hmm. because the water cannot penetrate down. You would get a tree holding a lot of water when it rains. And then you will just see it all night or during the day it is dropping slowly mm -hmm. by slowly. Imagine all that water would have got into the soil. What would have happened to the, the soil would have gone? Mm -hmm. Then uh, the other thing which makes the soil to decline is uh, the farming, inappropriate farming practices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we are commonly planting maize year in year, every season. Yeah. So you plant maize this season, plant maize next season, like that continuously for five, ten years. Mm -hmm. And without replenishing, you can imagine you have a store, you have put say ten bags of maize. Yeah. And you are eating that maize year in uh, every month, every day. Yeah. When it completes what happened and you don't replenish, you will tend, you will get angry. Mm -hmm. You will reach a time when you don't have food. So likewise with what we call the monoculture, planting a single one. crop, mm -hmm. one crop year in, year out, or one season to the other season, then uh, it affects the nutrient content and then you will find the decline in yields. So it's just vice versa. The soil affects our food and food affects the soil at some point. How our agricultural practices are for affects yeah. food. Yeah, it is, it is, um, it is what, what it's a, a mutual uh, relationship. Mm. Yeah, that uh, the soil is very important, it produces food. Yeah. Now, this soil produces food and this food helps the people. You eat, you get energy, you go to work on the same soil. So it goes round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So th that is how the soil now decline. Uh, mm. What factors making the soil to decline? How about pesticides? I know you've mentioned so much about monocultures and uh, monocultures and fertilizers. Yes. How about uh, pesticides? Do they play a huge role in impacting 
an impact in our soil. Yeah, the pesticides uh, play a very great role. Remember, I have just talked about soil organisms. Mm-hmm. Now, if you apply an herbicide, for instance, or any pesticide, what happens? Um, that pesticide can kill. Remember, the person who is applying the pesticide is supposed to put on the protective clothing mm-hmm. so that you don't inhale, so oh, yeah. that it doesn't touch your eyes because there is what is described uh, that don't do this, don't do this. If you inhale, you are supposed to do this. Now imagine this organism which is in the soil and it is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You apply a pesticide. Let's take for instance uh, what we call glyphosate, the normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are called kausha, I think. Kausha, kausha or Roundup or any of those mm-hmm. uh, chemicals. Yeah, immediately. Like you apply Roundup, it touches the soil immediately, the soil breaks it down. There are organisms which will break it down. Ah, mm-hmm. But certain organisms will be vulnerable to that. It mm-hmm. will kill the grasses and it will kill certain organisms. Certain organisms will be okay. Now, it will come and invade that area. But you see, they are the most important organisms that we require. We have got the earthworms, we have got the, uh, uh, the termites. Mm-hmm. Now, and also the bacteria and fungus. So bacteria, certain bacteria will be eliminated, others will not. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, you may eliminate the useful bacteria, you may eliminate the useful fungi, and then what happens? you find uh, your soil is affected. Yeah. For instance, you've seen the beans. Uh, the beans, we have what we call the nodules. Mm-hmm. And if you uproot a bean, you mm-hmm. find some nodules or some roundish things on the At roots. I remember that from primary school. Yes, yes. those are nodules. Mm-hmm. Those are very useful bacteria. They are called rhizobia. Mm-hmm. Now, rhizobium is very useful. Supposing you apply any pesticide which is going to kill them, what happens? Uh-huh. The beans, uh, the beans normally pick that bacteria and the bacteria live in mutual uh, symbiotic relationship with the beans. Mm-hmm. So what happens, the bacteria will be getting nitrogen from the air, converting it to a form that the plant will require. And then the plant will take that up to the leaves and it will make food and it will return it down. The bacteria re- in return mm-hmm. get the sugars. It gets its own food because it cannot make the food, mm-hmm. but it will rely on the bean to make the food and then and then it will be able to get the food. Mm-hmm. The plant again requires that nitrogen which it has no capacity to get unless we apply it as fertilizers. Bacteria relies on the bean and the bean relies on the on the on the bacteria. Oh not fertilizer. No. Okay. <laughs> but you can also when you put fertilizer then you are feeding the plant. But this is a natural thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it produces a lot of nitrogen. So pesticides will damage your biodiversity. It mm-hmm. kills the insect pests, which are very important. Look, for instance, the bees. Mm-hmm. The bees and the butterflies. The butterflies, you may not see their importance. They, 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 they look beautiful. They look, uh, they look beautiful and there is nothing that they do. Mm-hmm. Most of our plants re- de- depend on the pollinators. For seed to be produced, it will require the butterfly to go and pick the pollen and transfer it to a certain plant. And then that is where we can now be able to get the seed. So there is fertilization through uh, the the butterfly will pick pollen and take it for fertilization in the field. Mm. So so when you use pesticide, you eliminate that. And when you eliminate that, what happens? For instance, the seed production for those which require depend on the insect for pollination. Yeah, even in, yeah. in terms of food, our food production will also go down. Yes. Believe. Yeah. Also, Dr. since you've worked closely with farmers, and if we have a farmer listening into this podcast right now, and maybe they have soil that is depleted, 
how will they be able to establish the state of the soil back to normal? Now, when the soils are depleted, uh, I remember I just talked about uh, land degradation. Yes. And land degradation is we are destroying land and we now need to restore it back. For us to be able to restore uh, the depleted soils, mm -hmm. we need to conserve that soil. And the conservation of the soil, remember soil uh, is the foundation of life and without soil there is no life. So for us to be able to conserve the soil, we have certain techniques and practices that we use in order to reduce the effects of degradation. Mm -hmm. These soils are depleted and the farmers would want to restore it back. So. One of the measures that uh, we may require is that there is what we call a zero tillage. Mm -hmm. We are used to taking the tractors to the farm and we plow, or others will use the herbicides. It's simple. You just take two, uh, one hour and you are through. Mm -hmm. With your knapsack spray, you spray and you kill all the grasses. Or, or you use the plow and you, the moment you use the plow or a tractor, you turn the soil. And when you turn the soil, you will find the most important things in the soil, the yeah. nutrients which have been conserved, they are exposed to the sun. There will be a lot of oxidation. Mm -hmm. We have the soil, uh, what we call soil organic matter. Uh, I didn't want to use that term because it is. When we get, uh, say, residues, organic uh, manures yeah. or residues from the plants, immediately they go into the soil, they are converted into what we call the soil organic matter. Mm -hmm. That organic matter is what now will help in holding the water, will help in holding the nutrients. Now when you plow it, you get there is also bacteria and fungus which come in and start oxidizing that. So you get the carbon, the carbon dioxide going up. Mm -hmm. Now, zero tillage is that you don't till the land. You only go to points where you are. You dig a small hole, you put your plant, you do like that. Yeah. And you, you just keep monitoring to ensure that those plants do not, and the how, other plants will do not grow. And how do you handle the weeds? The, the weeds, you can slash or cover with, um, you mulch. You get ah. materials, you cover them. So that as your plants grow up very fast, they start covering the weeds. Mm. Yeah. So, so many people practice that. Mm -hmm. There are several areas where they practice. In some cases, you plant a certain plant, and then when they are just about to to produce flowers, you slash it, yeah. and then you now just make small furrows where yeah. you plant. That is called zero tillage. You you don't plow at all. The other one is uh, which is being practiced by the farmers, and it is very important. Mm -hmm. It's called the intercropping. Mm -hmm. Intercropping. Uh, the most common one is uh, maize and beans. Yeah. Now maize and beans. Uh, if you look at it. Uh, the beans I have said, it has got a bacteria called rhizobium which will bring in nitrogen. Mm -hmm. Maize and beans are very good. But now there is a very interesting one. You plant maize and you plant a pigeon pea. You know pigeon pea, the, what we call mbazi. Yes. Mbazi is a, a plant which is deep-rooted. Mm -hmm. The roots go deeper. So when you plant deep-rooted pigeon peas and maize, so the, the pigeon peas will be getting a lot from down there and the maize is getting it's up here, mm -hmm. the f it's uh, nutrients slightly on the surface. Yeah. That is the differential rooting system. So uh, pigeon pea is a leguminous plant which has got the same bacteria and it will also provide nitrogen to the plant. But at the same time, it is able to pick a lot of water from lower parts of ah. the soil and give it to the maize. Mm. So they start relationship. Mm. Uh, when we talk about uh, intercropping, one plant 
uh, will help another plant in one way or another. Mm. Like maize are taller and the beans are shorter. So it will at the same time provide some shade. Maize will provide some shade, yeah. but the beans will provide uh, nitrogen. Mm. Yeah. So intercropping help in uh, many ways. First, we have got certain pests which will be smothered by this other crop. Mm -hmm. Two, the differential rooting systems will help in taking nutrients at different levels. Mm -hmm. And differential rooting system will also help in providing of water. So, uh, as a farmer, the farmer will get benefit of two crops at once. Mm -hmm. You are able to harvest beans and at the same time maize, yeah. or pigeon pea and maize, or any other depending on what plant you, what you, the intercropping you are doing. It could be, say, cassava with something else. Mm -hmm. Or we go to the bigger plants, you have avocados and you are planting your beans. Ah. Yeah, so it is an intercrop. Yeah. The other one we call crop rotation. Crop rotation is very important in that. Remember, I had talked about uh, people planting maize continuously in a certain place. Now, most recently, uh, across many parts of Rift Valley, we had a disease. A disease, uh, we call it maize lethal necrotic disease. Mm -hmm. It's a virus disease and it clears the maize. Mm -hmm. Now, that disease, when it came, because people are so used to planting one maize after one season to another season, the problem affected. So it required a break. Break a whole season without planting maize. Yeah. So you can plant another crop. So the most important thing in crop rotation is that you divide your farm perhaps into several plots. So in this plot, you are planting maize. In this other plot you are planting beans in this other plot you are planting perhaps a uh, sukuma so like that so next season you, where you planted the maize you bring the beans mm -hmm. and plant there then where you had planted the beans you perhaps bring kales the way you had planted kales you put maize yeah. so you keep rotating and rotating will help because where you have planted beans the moment you remove the beans and later you plant another one the, the, the soil is very rich in nitrogen yeah. because that uh, because beans provided nitrogen now you will find uh, there are certain diseases like for instance we talk about the kales sukuma when you get sukuma at a certain age you get it has got very bad smell mm -hmm. you cut it like that at the middle you find the stem it is swollen and when you touch it you find it is rotten mm -hmm. that is a bacteria mm -hmm. now this bacteria will be in soil now if you bring sukuma and plant it again there that bacteria will go back to it will infect ah, yeah. so now when you move this uh, instead of planting sukuma there plant beans or ah, plant maize okay. so over time you start getting rid of that bacteria yeah i'm yeah. just curious doctorie yeah. from the farmers you work with who have been able to reverse what has been happening has there been like impact in terms of their yields yes the yields also the soils the yields the soils immediately changes mm -hmm. yes you know because one there are other practices which you also have to come in. It is not just only the crop rotation, intercropping. Yeah, yeah. Normally we see mm -hmm. after people have planted maize, you carry the residues to go and feed the cows. The stovers, the maize stovers ah, or the maize stock. Uh -huh. So people cut it and carry it mm -hmm. to feed the, the cows. Remember, this stock has carried a lot of nutrients with it. As you remove, you carry it there. Mm -hmm. Now it is required to remain, to remain there. After doing all those things, let it remain. It rots and it returns. Mm -hmm. So that whatever the nutrients you have removed, you have only removed in that maize cup alone. The rest has been returned down. Mm -hmm. So when you return the maize uh, stovers, you find even when you go to the next season, you find when you plant, you find the where you left the stovers, mm -hmm. you find the, the, the yields will be higher than where you didn't have. So that is returning nutrients back to the soil. 
So the other thing um, that we need to do for us to restore that soil. Yeah. There are other things that we need to do. We have to maintain soil biodiversity. Mm -hmm. Make sure the earthworms are there. Make sure the termites are there. Or earthworms, mainly earthworms play a very great role. Make sure that you've returned the residues to the soil. You can mulch the soil, then those organisms will come and eat. Mm -hmm. You'll just see them coming and eating and taking it down. They eat and take it to the soil. Mm -hmm. And these organisms also do a very great role in the soil. Yeah. They perforate the soil. If you go, you pass where the earthworms are, mm -hmm. you'll find it has uh, created some tunnels. It has got some tunnels, so the water will go through those tunnels. Air will also go down. I'm also just curious now the fact that we always see the government through extension officers pushing farmers to use chemicals, fertilizers. Are they not doing damage to the soil rather than building the soils? Yeah, they, they damage. Fertilizers, by the way, they are very good. But one thing, it breaks the soil into finer. So unless you get the fertilizers mm -hmm. and add the manure, the organic, you can mix fertilizers and you add the organic manures, mm -hmm. the manure from the cow, those who have rice, you have got the rice husks, you drop it back to the to the, the farm, those who have got wheat, you return back the straw. Yeah. If you look at, uh, in our studies uh, that we've done, where fertilizers have been applied over time, you find the soil uh, slightly finer. For a soil, for what we call the soil structure, it has to be developed. You know, we mm -hmm. have to build. The way you build the house is also the way the soil is built. It has to be compact. Uh -huh. It has to have organic matter to bind it so that when it rains, it doesn't break. Now, when we apply fertilizers, year in, year out, without adding the organic matters, you will find when it rains, the water is brown. A lot of it is eroded. So when we use chemicals, similarly, it will happen because you are getting rid of the biodiversity. Or let me see, yeah, the biodiversity. The fact that you've mentioned that fertilizers really deplete the soils and they thin the soils. What's the solution to reverse this trend? The fact that we also have many farmers, many, many farmers going that way. Yeah, let me not say the, 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 the really the fertilizers deplete the soil, uh -huh. but the fertilizers will have some effect on the soil. Okay. Yes, many farmers are using the fertilizers and pesticides. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to reverse the trend of the use of chemicals and degrading the soil, mm -hmm. I, I would perhaps uh, try to address those two things. One, let's look at the chemicals and perhaps uh, fertilizers, because fertilizer is one of the chemicals. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to address the issue of the use of fertilizers, one, we use organic matter. We need to move away from synthetic fertilizers and make our own organic fertilizers. Many farmers are aware of how to make compost. Yeah. Compost, there are certain earthworms which are used for making compost. Mm -hmm. Two, every morning with those who are practicing zero grazing, they clean their dairy unit or the animal uh, cow shed and they keep that manure in some point. Mm -hmm. So when they keep that manure in some point, over time, there are organisms which are going to work on that manure. It will be able to remove a lot of gases, a lot of um, toxins which would be in that uh, manure and break it into a form that will be useful for the plant. That 
heap which is compost is taken to the farm and it is returned into the soil. When you return that into the soil, it is going to build the carbon yeah. in the soil. Mm -hmm. It is now going to improve the nutrients in the soil. It will help in what we call the buffering, the pH or the acidity. If the soil has been so acidic and you have a lot of organic matter, mm -hmm. it is going to buffer to, it is going to balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that would be the right local term. Yeah. It is going to balance mm -hmm. the pH so that the pH doesn't go high and it doesn't come low. Mm -hmm. We need the pH is a measure of soil acidity and soil alkalinity. So we have a, a good pH range would be say from a pH of 6 to around 7.2, 7.4. 7 is neutral. So mm -hmm. now with that kind of a pH, uh, when, when, when we apply the organic matter, you will find your pH will always be balanced and the nutrients are available. Do farmers have the capability to do the testing or how, how are they able to know the pH? Now we don't necessarily need uh, to do the pH test for the farmers, but there are certain things uh, that the farmers can use. Mm -hmm. but, let me take a, a very easy way in which you can test the, for the farmers, but it is very tricky unless you can do a lot of observation. You find that uh, we have we use vinegar a lot in our own houses, yeah, and we use uh, the baking powder, mm -hmm. which is called uh, the, they call others call it baking soda or baking powder. It is it is sodium hydro hydroxide. It has got sodium hydrogen carbonate. Mm -hmm. Now. If we get the soil, you get some soil, uh, say two, three spoonful of soil. Mm -hmm. Where you are using the baking powder, you add some water. There is some water which we call, you know the battery water, we call it distilled water. People buy oh, yes. a lot yes. to yes. put it in the batteries, yes. it is distilled water. Mm -hmm. So I call it battery water so that somebody can easily understand. Mm -hmm. It is distilled water. You put in that soil and then you apply, say, about uh, half a cup of uh, baking powder. You put it in, then that will help you to, to show you that the soil is acidic. The moment you see some bubbles. Mm. Now, when uh, for the, the other, where you use uh, vinegar, vinegar is uh, more of acidic. You get vinegar about half a cup and three spoonful of soil and you mix, you see some bubbles, yeah. then you know it is acidic. But the, the, the one I mainly recommend to the farmers is, uh, is what we call the local knowledge. The local knowledge. These farmers have been in the farm and for the many years they have utilized their farm. They know there are certain plants which when you see that plant, you know the soil is fertile. When you see this other plant, you know the soil is infertile. Yeah. yeah. So there are certain plants which we call ah. them indicator plants. Mm -hmm. The indicator plants, for instance, uh, the, the, there is one plant which people normally, I have dealt with a lot with the farmers and they have always pointed out that when you see this plant, you know the soil is good. There are about two, there is a blackjack. Mm. You know blackjack? Yes. And then we have got what we call the wandering Jew. I don't know how it I is called in there. Yeah, but let, let's uh, look at the blackjack. Yeah. Blackjack grows very vigorous in very fertile soils. Mm -hmm. But in poor soils, you see, you will see the leaves are uh, purple in color and it be, it's very small, stunted growth. Mm. So the moment you see that, you know the soil is not good. The moment you see vigorous growth, yeah. you know it is. And for any plant, if you plant maize and you see the growth is very vigorous, yeah. then you know it is fertile. Now, if you see a purple color in your plants, then you know there is no phosphorus in the mm. soil. Mm. You are lacking the phosphorus and automatically then you know the soil could be acidic. Yeah. Now, you need to restore that soil. 
then uh, they restore the soil through the practices that you've mentioned yes um, then uh, the other one would be soil color if you find say uh, soil is yellow yes then you know there is a problem it is lacking something but when you see the soil is black just <laughs> black we call it loam then you know it is rich in soil organic matter ah, and then it could mm-hmm. be rich then the other thing uh, that we use is the soil organisms mm-hmm. if you find a lot of earthworms then you know the soil pH is the so- so earthworms live in a very narrow soil pH from around uh, say about uh, 5.7 there to around 7.4 mm. and that is the optimum pH for our plants our nutrients most of our plants will grow very well there because there is availability of nutrients in the soil so pH below say pH at around 5 or what we call acidic soil the phosphorus will not yeah. be available and pH above 7 7.5 phosphorus will also not be available yeah. so phosphorus is available within a narrow range yeah and Dr. if we if we apply the same the same approaches that you've mentioned on reversing the trend yeah. let's say an example would be like ukambani whereby the soils are very degraded due to soil erosion yeah. now if we try let's say practicing let's say if we try farming using agroecological practices would yeah. that help like building the soil yes that will help because one of the agroecological practices is agroforestry mm-hmm. so you plant trees which uh, interact with the crops. Yeah. Have there been regions where you have really tried doing that and have been able to see change? There are various places, even in Ukambani, I think there are projects which are doing that. Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah. There are various places. I did quite some work in uh, some parts in Tanzania and there was a lot of uh, agroforestry. Mm. And um, I was also recommending them to use agroforestry because the trees will hold a lot of that water. Yeah. And then uh, it will not the water will be dropping slowly by slowly. Mm. And then it will not be carried away. But that is not just enough. You have also to put this like bench terraces in slopey areas. Yeah. You have to cut uh, you use uh, stones or strip grasses so that the so water can uh, soil cannot be carried away. So if we can be able to use these practices. Yeah. We can be able to reverse that trend. Yeah. But there's one last one thing which we also need to look at yeah the government policies yeah if the government cannot come up with good policies then we will not do much yeah like one of the policies that people must plant trees yeah yeah if the government if the government set a policy that let us have a particular number of trees in the farm and everybody adheres to that that will help there is uh, about a lot of in certain areas the erosion is so bad yeah like if you go to areas like baringo mm-hmm. the erosion is there so there now the government needs to come in and introduces uh, certain activities that will stop the soil from yeah. being carried away and they believe you, uh, once once they do that we'll also see the levels of people who are hungry in those sides also reducing yes yeah and at the end of it all this is going to improve the yields yes yeah now that you've mentioned about government policies you working with farmers do they really get like good support from the from the from the government to practice sustainable practices when it comes to building the soils right now it depends on uh, the agricultural extension yeah and with the devolution coming in agriculture was devolved 
So you will find the agricultural extension are there with the farmers. But it requires the farmer to get the agricultural extension and ask what is required. But you will find uh, in many of these uh, meetings where the extension, agricultural extension may be, you will find certain farmers will not always go. So you will have the elite farmers attending such forums. Mm. The main actors that we require are the people who don't attend those meetings. Yeah. So that those are the people we need to look for that kind of a person to attend such meetings so mm -hmm. that they know what is going on because agriculture is changing. Yeah. And with agriculture changing, there are people who have remained in the older system. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting to see that you have mentioned that our soils are really depleting yeah. and the approach that the government is really pushing will actually deteriorate our soil even more. One is the extension which the government has to reinforce to make sure that the extension workers are doing. The other thing is uh, the government has done quite some work in, uh, say, the use of fertilizer. There yeah. is a recommended rate. But now we need the extension to come in and okay. tell you that this particular fertilizer, you don't use it here. This oil is acidic, use this fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Two, don't use only fertilizer, add manures. You see, when the, if the extension workers will now come in like that, then it is going to help. Mm -hmm. But if if we just take uh, what has been given, that uh, this is the recommended rate of fertilizer, apply. You see, this the government has done policies, the, or agriculture policies, that we need to do this, we need to do this. Yeah. These have been recommended for these farms. When you have this, you do this. But there is a problem because uh, we have recommended. We have recommended that you apply this fertilizer, but nobody has come to check the soil. So one yeah. of the important things that people must do is soil testing. For you to be able to know how much nitrogen do I need to put it into my soil, we now need to test the soil. Oh. Now the government need to come up very clear with places where we can test the soil because soil testing is very expensive. Yeah. I would recommend there are soil testing kits which can be available. Although mm -hmm. I have not seen, we are not making soil testing kits here. But I have been using uh, some from Makerere University mm -hmm. and I am able to test soil very fast. Mm -hmm. I take just a minute and I have done so many things. So we need our soils to be tested. To the farmers, are supposed to work hand in hand with the extension workers. Because immediately an extension worker comes to your farm, he will be able to see many things which are done wrong. The government has ensured their extension workers, but you as a farmer or a youth farmer need to now go and look for that extension worker. Yeah. I remember sometimes uh, I used to do some work in the farm. I was doing some testing and uh, I would see always an extension worker coming to see me mm -hmm. and to see what I was doing. And he was actually surprised by the things I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was planting kales and I was testing uh, the spread of a disease. So, and I wanted to control this disease using the basic ways. And I was only using the cultural practice that when I plant this sukuma, I plant the next, I would plant in series of mm -hmm. uh, say three. Say after every three weeks, I plant. Then after three weeks, I plant. Mm -hmm. Now, if I am moving to the bigger sukuma, from, I move from the small to the bigger and not yeah. the reverse. That's how I was controlling the disease. Mm. So if I if I start from this, I never go back. So if you have an extension worker coming in to your farm, he's, he's 
trained enough to know what is wrong with your soil. And since he's trained, he will tell you this soil is wrong, this soil is wrong. Oh, yeah. Then the other thing that comes into our mind is uh, we have been advised to use a lot of fertilizer. Or not really advised. You will find the farmers know if I have this fertilizer, I am okay. Mm. Like the DAP fertilizer, mm. the ammonium phosphate. Mm -hmm. The ammonium phosphate is loved by all the farmers. That one acidifies the soil. Wow, and all yeah. farmers love it. Yeah. The other day I went uh, to my chamber at home. I tested the soil. It is very acidic. Then I went and put lime and applied. And people were wondering, why are you doing this? Mm. I said, yeah, I, the soil is acidic. So I got a farmer calling me asking, can you come and also test my soil? So what it means is farmers would want to see and uh, um, there are those what we call uh, the farmers who are always uh, leading in everything. Mm -hmm. If we can get the model farmers to understand certain things, for you to introduce something to the... Modern farmers? Yeah, the model. Oh, model, uh-huh. Yeah. There are farmers who will always grasp ideas very fast. Mm -hmm. They are always with the extension. Any innovation that comes in, this farmer will always be there. If we can get these farmers to get these ideas, Oh, yeah. The other farmers, as long as if anything is introduced, as long as they have not seen the model farmer doing it, they will mm -hmm. never do it. So they will always come to visit this farmer to see what, what new do you have. Yeah. So then they will go and do it. So the first and foremost is to make sure that the model farmers grasp the ideas. And once these farmers grasp these ideas, mm -hmm. the rest can be able to pick. And we call it a trickle down. So you initiate something and it trickles down yeah. to yeah. So, and that is what the extension workers are supposed to do. They are supposed to use the model farmers. Mm -hmm. I was doing some work out in the field, uh, most recent. Um, I mm -hmm. did in Uganda and I did in Tanzania and we were identifying the model farmers. Mm -hmm. So that they could come and see what we are doing and then they can go and practice. Oh, wow, that's yeah. a really good yeah. trick. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we've now come to the end of the show. And uh, do you have like any punchy closing remarks? for our listeners? Yes, um, I deal a lot with the small animals in the soil. Mm -hmm. We need to maintain them. They need to live in the soil. They need to increase in the number so that they can build our soil. If we can do that, then for sure we are going to develop our soil. Let's minimize the use of agrochemicals. Let's introduce the use of organics in the soil. And for sure, we will make it. Thank you so much, Dr. Ray, for the interesting insights and clearly my takeaway from this conversation is that basically we need soil for our food and also our, our current practices might end up affecting the main source of our food, that is the soil. Thank you so much and thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. Thank you.